Hi there, we're here at the podcast again from Karina De Vetta and I've got my beautiful friend Sarah Beher here. We have already done a first part and this is the second part. If you haven't listened to the first part, I would really encourage you to listen to the first part. It has been so, so, so insightful and so vulnerable and so honest and I have... Um, as far as it goes, really enjoyed listening and talking with you, Sarah. Thank you so much for your openness. Thank you so much for talking about this topic at all. We're talking about date rape. We're talking about um, theological things within that. And for anyone who knows this podcast and for every, anyone who doesn't know this podcast yet, me and my husband, we really like to talk about all things and we like to talk about them authentically, vulnerable and critically even. So um, subscribe, share this with anyone who needs to listen to this. And um, thank you so much for being here. A little disclaimer before you listen to this podcast, um, we are talking about date rape. So there might be some triggers here and there. And if this is a sensitive issue for you, I would, I just want to release you and just say you don't have to listen to this at all. Maybe don't. Um, we don't want to trigger anyone here. But if this is not an issue um, that causes you a trigger and it is an issue that uh, you really want to learn more about this is a brilliant place to listen to Sarah who is really 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 walked a whole way through and I think in this part we're going to uh, just kind of talk about the other side of feeling and everything that will come with it so let's begin Sarah again thank you so much for having this chat with me Thank you so much for having me. It's been good and always good to talk to you. Yeah, I agree. Sarah and me were friends and we have um, a very uh, thick relationship uh, for five years. We were really, really tied um, in, we lived very close and we worked alongside one another. And so um, it's really a wonderful way of catching up with my friend and doing this podcast. Sarah, we talked in this previous podcast about what happened to you that horrible night. We talked about the importance of confiding and having places where we can talk to people, where we can get vulnerable. We talked about the importance of getting a therapist um, to really process and heal. I think um, one of the things that I want to ask you is, did you actually go to the police? Did you hold the person who wronged you so very deeply? Was that person held accountable? Were, did you do something towards that person being held accountable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, about, oh, I have to think now, six, eight months or something um, into my healing process. Um, after I, I just unpacked that story for me, yeah. Um, I did go to the police, um, and I did how do you say that in English? Anzeige erstatten, yeah. You basically you persecute, yeah. you you mm -hmm. wanted him to be persecuted, legally persecuted, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, um, and at that time, that was really important for me. It was, mm. it was, I just knew, okay, it was time for me to speak up. Um, and to call wrong wrong mm. and to do so openly and not 
not in a hidden way. Mm. Was um, that difficult as a Christian? So much so. <laughs> yeah, because I can just imagine some of the theological ideas that we sometimes get thrown. Were, were there some funny beliefs that kind of made that a, a harder decision maybe? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I mean, the first one apparent that comes to mind when, when people ask you, okay, do you want to go to the police? Um, and that came up in therapy and with close friends. Um, you know, all those scriptures come to mind of, right, we were as Christians, we should be able to deal with things amongst each other mm. and not go in front of a judge. And, um, you know, I think Paul read that in some of his letters. Yes. And that yes. was a big issue for me. I was like, okay, is, am I ruining his life, so to speak? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy even to speak it out loud now, but it was a real thing back then. I was mm -hmm. like, am I, you know, is this, is this right? Is this, is this, am I sinning if I'm going to bring someone and, you know, and, and deal with this police? Because it was a Christian. It was another Christian person. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, um, you know, that was, that was more than a year later after the incident, he was in ministry schooling and stuff. And there's all those thoughts, you know, maybe he's changed, maybe. Mm -hmm. I've met him now, and here I am bringing this up. So, yeah, it must have been very hard. I just wonder was there any attempt to deal with it in a more I'm just gonna quote because you know I have my <laughs> thoughts about that. Yeah, was there an attempt to? Um, deal with it in a more christian way whatever that should mean but you know you were talking about like to not bring it uh, before a judge to deal with it amongst was there an opportunity where that happened or where that could have happened mm -hmm. um because he was in this ministry schooling setting mm -hmm. um during the time where i knew i had to speak up somehow and i had to not just let this go because yeah um, so of accountability, mm -hmm. like you know, and and also not just being silent. There's this the big part for me for not feeling like a victim anymore was to actually right. end up like, no, this this is not okay. This is not normal. This is not acceptable. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. So yeah, while I was was um, wrestling with those thoughts, um, I did um, talk to some close people in, in in ministry life and a male advocate did actually go to the head of of this um, organization um, that the guy was at at the time mm. um, and to wonderful a male advocate I think that's so special mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's really yeah um, and so he brought it up with them um, that there is the situation that he he became aware of mm -hmm. um and how wonderful the, yeah was it wonderful how did this mission school respond to this did they call him out and did, was there conversation and proper procedure no there was not <laughs> was there anything um there the conversation, I obviously wasn't there, um, but from what I was told, it was it was not a good conversation. And basically, um, my story was questioned. 
that that was the first and main reaction was like, is this person trustworthy? Um, we don't know both sides of the story, da da da. Mm -hmm. um, and just very questioning. Um, and so it became very clear like to me and also to, to that advocate that went there um, and the people that advised me, it was like, this is an unsafe situation to, to seek counsel there and to mm -hmm. seek um, any place of accountability or even giving that person a chance to own up to what it did. Um, right. Because it was, they had, you know, they, they said if, if, if this is a thing, they would talk to him, but then they would, you know, invite us to have a conversation together. And for me, obviously, I couldn't sit at the no. table to, to him at the time. That was not an option. No, so, of course not. Yeah. Sarah, I'm so sorry to just ask that again, you know, and thank you so much for being so honest about it. I just... I just still, and I obviously know already about this particular thing that you've just told us. And I just, oh, that hits my heart so bad. And you probably can't see, but, you know, I just, my heart is moved by that. It just hurts me when we, um, when a person is experiencing some sort of unjust thing and people in power are not willing to look at it. Um, or making it so hard to look at it in the first place. So I am truly sorry about that still. And it does, it is not right. It's not right how that happened. Um, obviously, I know that you then went to the police. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. To still seek some, to hold him accountable for what has happened yeah how was I that did. that was probably one of the hardest things i ever did <laughs> right that was just um you make an appointment and talk to this police officer and i have to say they were really good yeah they were yeah much better than the christian reaction sometimes which is but they, they were really good. Um, that officer just sat down with me and talked me through the whole process. And, but then obviously you have to recount every detail. It's like, that is unpacking a whole lot. And that was just, um, yeah, traumatic in itself because you don't want, you don't need to and want to relive and with a stranger, complete stranger. Um, Must have been so exhausting. <laughs> Gosh, so much so. Yeah, I remember. I mean, you actually came with me there. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we were, I was five hours or something of going through this and over and over and question and question and like, no, we need a little more detail. And you're like, oh, I can't unpack this. So yeah, that was exhausting. I was, yeah. I was crying for quite a while after that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was powerful. It was, it, it was one of those days where you never want to relive it again. And you're absolutely, I was absolutely spent afterwards. Yeah, I remember. Um, Sorry, can you hear me or does it not come through right? No, I can hear oh, you. Okay, awesome. So I just have a funny sound here. <laughs> Ignore me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I was spent 
but I also remember feeling a freedom, a level of freedom I hadn't felt before. Yeah, because I suppose, sorry. No, go ahead. Because I suppose this whole process meant somebody was going to call him up on this. There was going to be a letter. There's, there was going to be some sort of response that he had to respond to if he wanted to or not. Exactly. And then with that response came a clear statement from you saying, I'm not happy with what went down. And after all this time, I am calling it an injustice and it needs to be talked about. Mm -hmm. That must have been very, um, like you say, spending emotionally, but also very powerful move right there so much so it was so freeing mm -hmm. to actually have it named to know he was gonna be forced to look at it mm -hmm. um, and not be able to just walk over it yeah um and you know i'm people i've heard people talk you know with rape you absolutely have to go to the police because otherwise the person might do this again and things like that and I ha though I had those feelings, I also, I'm very careful with that. Right. Because I also, and I just want to say that here because some people are listening. <laughs> but, you know, I also know that for me, that was only possible because of the support system I had around me and because of the healing process that I had already walked through. Like that would have not, if circumstances had been different, I don't know if I had been able to do that because it's so scary too. It's like, you might have to actually go before a judge and stand next to or you know in the same room with that person again mm. and don't know what happens and you get you get all kinds of warnings i know i went to a, a woman's uh beratung, like counseling place where they, they they tell you your options and they actually tell you don't do it like in in pretty harsh terms they're like it's it's really for most people it's re-traumatizing and it can be dangerous and the rapist might get aggressive and okay. you know, they're really warning you. So, um, so yeah. what you're saying is you, there is no condemnation for those who don't go to the police. There's no condemnation for those who don't want to hold that person accountable, but you would still advocate that they seek healing, that they acknowledge what happened in a safe environment, even if they are not able to out loud attack yeah. On. It's not an attack, but it is an offense, isn't it? To be offensive yeah. in this. I think that's so loving. And I think that's so good what you're saying. So thank you for um, saying that, that while you advocate, um, advocate for the healing, while you advocate for naming it, while you advocate for feeling the pain and letting it pass through you, mm -hmm. you understand not everybody is going to be able um, mm. to hope to kind of go to the police or to persecute in any way shape or form because it might not be safe for them and because it is such an overwhelming and traumatic experience mm -hmm. totally understand exactly yeah yeah and good timing such a good might point. Be different mm. like people, timing is just it's different when you're ready for different stages of things so right that's yeah that's brilliant thank you sarah Sarah, we talked briefly just um, about um, the different beliefs. So in this whole process with the police, were there various beliefs that came up that you just thought you wanted to bring up in this podcast that um, 
negatively impacted you during that time or that, yeah, during that time, if it was with the police or just in the healing process, things that came up that you thought, man, you know, I don't believe that anymore mm -hmm. this way. Yeah. Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> Name them um, all. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> um, no, I mean, um, the first, I think we, we touched on in, in the last podcast, so I won't go into detail. Um, but I did struggle with all the negative emotions. Like, there's so much that comes up when once you start facing, or once I started facing it, there was anger, there was sadness, there was panic, there was all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I associated a lot of emotions with unbelief. Right. Like um, so many. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or with, you know, childish whatnot. And oh. so I had to really unpack that and be like, no, God is a God of emotions and there are healthy ways of dealing um, with them and actually not feeling them is actually not healthy. So um, that was big for me. Um, but we talked about that. So <laughs> um, the we other also one I talked um, in the podcast that I did um, before we had this podcast with you with another Sarah. Um, we talk about this quite extensively as well. So I want to encourage you listeners who haven't listened to that one, just go back and follow, uh, listen at some point to that podcast there. Mm, so good. Um, yeah. Another thing was um, I had, I think, a wrong understanding of. Um, love really wow. and of placing other needs before your own mm. um, or even not being able to express your own needs right um, which goes along with boundaries <laughs> like you if i i could not express my own my own needs and my my boundaries or even know that i had them and that that's a good thing <laughs> mm -hmm. um and that was huge and it, it, that was both parts in the healing process of what I had to learn again a whole lot because obviously with rape, I mean, that's every boundary has been crossed. And right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, every, every worth feels questioned and um, every safety goes out the window. So reclaiming my own boundaries and reclaiming that worth was huge right huge important how did you um, go about that just gosh. in i mean it's i'm sure you could talk about another half an hour on that but mm -hmm. just if you if you had to summarize it in a couple of sentences how did you go about reclaiming those boundaries mm -hmm. um i think it was threefold and like in a feeling all the emotions sorry um, just ah, it's here sorry i knew i had this book i just want to at this time um mm -hmm. talk about a quick book that is so amazing for exactly this it's a i'm gonna do it like this it's called boundaries for your soul it's by a christian um counselor phd counselor Alison cook she has written it with kimberly miller 
and it says how to turn your overwhelming thoughts and feelings into your greatest allies. And if this is something that you struggle with as you're listening, I would recommend this book. I think every person who has really, especially grown up in a Christian system, Christian household should read this. This is gold. Boundaries for your soul from Alison Cook. But I just wanted to mention that. Keep talking, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> no, really good. I actually made a quick note of that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. Um, yeah, um, I think it it was it was um, various things. Like you and I had even even before the rape had happened, already started a whole lot of conversation about. Yeah, that. I remember. That was an issue in my life even before then, because um, it's just nothing I grew up with. It's nothing that was talked about in my christian circles it was love was always that sacrificial love um and servanthood and that seemed like those were opposites to mm -hmm. each other like servanthood and having boundaries and having your own needs which they aren't at all okay so um, you were taught very much that and i've talked to so many kids and i mean kids i'm saying but i've talked to so many adults who has children have grown up with this thinking that it's all about the other people it's all about the unsaved yeah mm -hmm. like which i have another jerry springer show on if i'm honest but mm -hmm. um jerry springer show being like one of those soap talk shows but um and really that there wasn't any talk. It was all about being an extension of the church, being an extension of the Lord for the expression of the kingdom of God. And I mean, we believe in that, right? We believe mm -hmm. in um, missional work. We believe in going the extra mile. We believe in loving hard and all those things. And yet... Um, there is a whole thing that's not being talked about. And that is that God values you. He values me. Yeah. He values the individual and he values his children. He does. Yeah. And he values the ones that are intimately acquainted with him. He doesn't just, you know, we don't have to just express it to those who don't know that yet. We get mm -hmm. to partake in the wonder that is to mm -hmm. really experience that for ourselves over and over and over again. The Lord is good. Taste yeah. his goodness and all that parts yeah so i hear that and i just want to magnify that point mm -hmm, exactly where it was all about like self-denial before and you know right less of me more of you where that's completely out of context by the way but like but is yeah. it no the that scripture when people use it that way it's like oh i see what john was saying at all and it doesn't mean you know if god actually Jesus died for me, then he actually likes me. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he wants me to be less, more like him, yes, and <laughs> filled with him. But um, it's not about me vanishing. No. And I think that's really, I had to, I had to unpack that and throw that out. And so a huge part of that was actually looking back and seeing those unhealthy beliefs for what they were and um, analyzing. I did a whole lot of reflecting, just how yes. I exit what situation why yeah um and that's hard work yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah it's yeah you you're surprised I was very surprised 
by myself mm. and by the things that I thought I knew and then I didn't know and I thought I acted right. And then it was a whole lot of practicing, practicing boundaries. I mean, like, okay, how am I going to do this right now? How, um, how, and I think I became very strong in some of them. And I, in some, in a lot of ways, I, I still am now, like, very protective of my boundaries and of my home and of mm-hmm. this is what I want in my life and this is what I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure sometimes I became overprotective, but it's that practicing, that noticing yes. and, and needing to, you encouraged me so much on this and like, okay, just practice and reinforce if people don't keep your boundaries and things like that. So. Yeah. And I think it's so important what you're saying. I think sometimes when we have swung a particular way, then when we learn, sometimes we can swing completely the other way and we are allowed to do that. That is part of learning. It's a part of gauging. Okay, I went too far there. And to be, you know, not to beat ourselves up. Nobody is born perfect. Nobody is expected to walk perfectly without making mistakes. We are all walking towards perfection, which means we are being perfected. Yeah. So I think, and I still do that myself. And I go through seasons where um, boundaries change because they have to change sometimes because my needs change and because my circumstances change and then kids in the mix and they also have different needs and, you know, and Oh goodness. I mean, it gets changed all the time. So Mm-hmm. I think that's just the way it is good for you. I, I'm so happy that I've had some of this <laughs> effect in your life. Uh, I'm very mm-hmm. proud of that. Um, Sarah, I know that you are still very active in church and I'm so happy to hear that you attend a church where there is a female leader um, mm-hmm. in that church, which is in Germany, very, very unheard of. Um, and I know that you are involved there and I know that your husband and you, yeah, you're happily married now. We should actually mention that in this podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> there is the other side of all that. Um, what are some of the conversations that since you have walked through all of the healing and all of the difficulty and all of the trauma, um, what are some of the conversations that you would wish churches would initiate and raise with the youth, with young adults, with, um, well, with anyone really? What, what are some of the conversations that you wish they would be had other than maybe the one and maybe instead of the one don't have sex, you know, save it for the one you love type thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sex yeah. is ugly. Save it for the one you love. Gosh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that creates a whole other set of problems. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, it does. Got to unlearn that in marriage then. Um, but um, yes, honestly, I think we have to talk a whole lot more about sexuality um, in general. Yes, um, I agree. Because, yeah, there's so much good. And I know... Like I look back and on the one hand, I'm thankful. Like I had people talk to me about it at all. You know, it wasn't a secret that mm-hmm. that's how babies get made in a house. I know there's more extremes. <laughs> um, 
But on the other hand, I know that there was so little information, you know, a lot of what I know or knew before getting married and before having experiences was like internet and things like some things you don't want to know and some things you could learn in a different way. And I think we have to start being a lot more open um, with the good and the bad. And then this obviously as we're talking about rape here to consent. Consent. Huge, huge thing. Huge thing. The, the respecting each other's boundaries, the m making sure the other person is good. And I'm not just talking about sex, about every level of physical interaction. Right. <laughs> because like right. you said, it wasn't just sex. It was it was the the dates beforehand where I'm sure there was holding hands, maybe hugging, maybe kissing. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm done now. I prefer not to go any further. And that not be it starts there. Absolutely yeah. it starts there. Exactly, exactly. And that needs to be talked about so you have strategies beforehand, like in mm -hmm. the situation where someone doesn't respect you or, you know, then then it's too late. Then you, from some people it might not be, and thank God for that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. there is that freezing thing and there is mm -hmm. that you kind of start thinking about, okay, how am I going to respond to that? It has to be mm -hmm. so clear in your mind that no is no. And that's the major red flag if someone doesn't do that. Yeah. And also, you know. I just wonder, can I interject here? I yeah, read something please. and I listened to another podcast. I can't figure out now where I did. Uh, I, know, I saw it on Twitter. And there was a big conversation about this purity culture, which I'm sure you also grew up with. I know that was big before I was really on the Christian scene in that way. And while I still, you know, I heard it and I definitely, and it's not all bad, but the emphasis on that, I don't agree mm -hmm. with. And basically um, this whole, um, you know, you said, you, you talk about no. And I remember we were talking, I don't know if we did that in the podcast already or if that was privately. So I'm going to repeat it now. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the fact that there were times when you weren't even sure if he knew what he had yeah. done. You weren't sure if he just thought that when you said no, you meant try harder. And I just yeah. know for a fact that this is perpetuated by this whole patriarchal understanding that a man is there, a boy is there to pursue a girl. And if a girl says no, then you just have to try harder. You know, maybe she doesn't like you and you just don't drop the ball. And it doesn't encourage, if a girl goes up to a boy and says, do you know what? I like to get to know you a little bit more. And maybe she gets on a couple of dates and then finds out, mm, didn't like him, you know, then she's an easy girl because maybe she's done that with four guys and she's just been bold and, and proactive and gone, hey, I mm -hmm. want to get to know you I, re I remember I went um, for a it, I wouldn't even call it a date it was just two friends you know there was a lot of people around me and this person and we were um, like kind of the left single so to speak at that time and he said do you want to go to the cinema I'm like yeah let's go to the cinema you know and so we spent some time and of course, you kind of then check this out. You go mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, I just mm -hmm. wonder. I mean, I didn't fancy him. I doubt that he really fancied me. 
But we just thought, okay, let's go to the cinema. But I felt this pressure straight away because that I said yes to this day that now I had to reevaluate mm-hmm. if I wanted to spend the rest mm-hmm. of my life with this person <laughs> instead <laughs> of just getting to know that person. And I remember he touched my hand like as if in to initiate like a dating relationship. And I just had to say like, no, you know, not feeling it. And straight away I felt like, oh, you know, there she goes leading him on. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there was another person. Um, and I'm doing this not just to just chat, but to, you know, to really say this is important. This needs to change. Yeah. I went with another person where I really considered um, if mm-hmm. I wanted to be more than just friends. And it took me quite some time to figure it out because wonderful person, and I liked him very much. And we weren't romantically involved, but we were emotionally involved by, mm-hmm. you know, after a while. I don't think yeah. that goes. And yet when it came to that moment, I realized, ah, nay, I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And we called it off. There was no kissing. There was no nothing. But I mean, other people probably would have thought, man, they're always hanging out. They're probably mm-hmm. going to get together. It went on for six months. and mm-hmm. But there was no kissing ever. And it was shortly after we called it off that he met his wife now. And I just thought it's such a pure way of going about it. But we were quite intentional about meeting up. And I really enjoyed his company. And I rate him super sense of humor. But it just wasn't meant to be. But I think, and I know for a fact, (laughs) that there was talk afterwards, because I was so, oh, first she does this, then she does that. And I think this these old patriarchal um understandings that a girl is not to initiate and um her no cannot be respected you know like guys have to do all the work and like as if we're like some stupid bimbos so how sorry i went on a rant here but it's a huge thing it is though it's crazy and that's like you as as a as a girl as a woman in dating you always find yourself between you not wanting to seem prude and on the other hand not wanting to seem over eager and not like it's such a weird no <laughs> right just, it needs much more talking about and like what you said before like with that no being an invitation to try harder mm. i was shocked when i i read that in dating guides for books and uh, for, for, for for guys dating yeah yes it's just it shocked me. It was like, this is a whole culture and no one can tell me. It doesn't matter, Christian guys or not, they still grow up like we do <laughs> in the environment that we grow up. And porn is a huge thing. Right. And it's another thing that we don't talk about in church where I think there's so much education that happens through things like porn and right. weird patriarchal systems that we don't talk about. And then they influence our thinking and the thinking of good Christian guys. And I'm sure women too, where it's like, I think this, that's why I said, like, I was so unsure sometimes what happened because I think those date rape situations probably happen a whole lot more than we think. Yes. And they don't get named that way. And guys, I, you know, I had a therapist sometime tell me that um, only people who are like really narcissistic and really broken and could even do something like that. I'm not so sure. In today's culture, I'm not so sure. Right. 
you think it's more complicated. I, I mean, I, I agree with you and I also agree yeah. with your therapist. Yeah. But absolutely. I mean, I, it's, it's never black and white. Yeah. Guys, when you're listening to this, I would like to ask you, would you like to have some more podcasts on um, how to talk about sexuality and what to really talk about? Because, I mean, I've got two small children and the oldest is 10 and we talk about sex. We talk and name our genitals. We are talking about homosexuality at home. I mean, whatever they want to talk about, we talk about it. We talk about it age appropriately. Don't you worry about that. But we talk mm -hmm. about racism. We talk about the lot because it's exactly what you say. We don't want them to have to go to some funky pages on the internet and learn from there. We talk about male desire. We talk about female desire. We talk about the teenage years and how that, mm -hmm. and we don't just give the Christian talk, you know, we really Really talk um, facts, just facts, you know, mm -hmm. what holds are available. I mean, we talk about these things when they ask. Um, that was very implicit right there. But if this is something that you guys want to talk about, please comment below and I will get some people involved to have those conversations as well. Sarah, mm -hmm. what is, how are you seeing, do you feel like, um, I know that you are participating in church. Is this something that you try to, I'm not going to say push for because that sounds so aggressive, um, but actually why not? You know, we get to be assertive. Let's call it assertive. Are you very assertive about those things that you say, okay, you know, if we're now having a youth conference or whatever, you know, I think those things need to be on the table in some way, shape or form. May it be a workshop or a whole preach? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I'm only like not so long at a point where I can. Right. Like just because of my experience, like there was, it's, it's just the last year or two that I've started sharing um, that with people and like being open about it. Mm. And um, I shared at a youth camp about it last year oh, and it's wow. like, okay, I'm starting to, to be, open because I know it needs talking and it's one of the things you know when we talk about porn when we can't talk about consent when we talk about sexuality it's it's one of the things that can make me really angry <laughs> that it's not happening and what is happening in in the world and with our teens and so um right. yeah that that is something I know that will come up even more and that is is yeah. also part conversation now yeah. what was the response when you did that if i may ask what was the response did you did people respond to you after you brought that up mm -hmm. in this youth camp it was really good um it was heartbreaking uh, it's okay the more real answer um just of the amount of girls who came to me afterwards mm -hmm. sharing experiences and um being really touched and thankful that someone actually named it and said that this is happening. Right. And it just showed again, okay, no one, there seems to be no place for them to talk. There seems to be, everyone thinks it's just them and there's shame around it and all of it. And we're talking um, about Christian, like Christian home kind of yeah, situations. And the stories, I just, yeah, that's so really it, the hard part. It's yeah. like, because it's, they say, okay, in my family sometimes and in this and in that scenario or school or whatnot and you're, it's shocking. 
it is shocking yeah. and it needs to be talked about sarah thank you so much for talking about this thank you so much for um doing the work that you're doing and for you know having gone through everything that you have gone through and to um, I thank God for the grace, like you say, that is a grace to actually go all the steps and we're not asking everyone to do that. But I do think it's wonderful that you do it. I think you do have a voice, especially for the youth and young adults. And, you know, just, I think wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And um, really grateful that you do the work, that you name the things and that you speak them up. And well done for the all the work that you have done, for all the boundaries that you have re, replaced and maybe placed for the first time. Well done. It is work that nobody sees, but God does, and you are obviously benefiting from it. Sarah, just in closing this podcast, I want to ask you, obviously you have experienced healing through the Lord. You have experienced healing uh, from or through therapy as well. And um, I want to ask you, are you completely healed, would you say? Or are there still some triggers? Are there flashbacks? Are there still situations when you feel like completely like traumatic PTSD, like where you just think like, oh, I wasn't mm -hmm. quite prepared for this moment to affect me in the way that it did? Mm -hmm. um, I think to say completely all the way healed is really difficult <laughs> because you always feel like there might be another situation where something comes up that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's been my experience like for a long time. I almost went on the hunt for triggers because I was so determined that I wanted to get all the way healed. <laughs> right. And all right. So I was almost like looking for, okay, I totally relate to that. Then I'm going to tackle this now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this now. Um, so I'm really thankful I haven't had like full on panic attacks in a long time. Um, at the same time, yeah, there's still situations where I know I have to mentally prepare myself and to right. be, to, to breathe through or. Like after a conversation like this, I shared this with you beforehand. I know I, it's, it's, I won't, it won't surprise me if I'm really exhausted afterwards and even maybe tomorrow feel really vulnerable or something. Right. Um, so there's some, some things left. Um, I'd say I'm really thankful for where I am at right now. Um, you know, I'm giving, I'm having my first baby in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I'm excited. So <laughs> you know, cool. Like that, where I'm, I'm, I'm preparing myself, not just for normal labor pains, but there's the whole thing of not being in control of your body. All right. The way. Situations like that can be like, <gasps> okay. <laughs> right. Think them through. Breathe them through. Mm -hmm. And probably making the healthcare practitioners around you aware of your situations. Yeah. In the yeah. situation, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for talking with me. I know you've also written a song um, about after the after moments. And um, I'm going to link that up. It's on YouTube. If people wanted to find that, what would they have to um, search for on YouTube? Um, just search after the rain. And my account is called Sarah Elizabeth on there. So you should be able to find it right away then. 
That's wonderful. It's a beautiful song. We were listening to it in the car and my boys who adore Sarah, um, and they were just, <laughs> yes, you do. And we love you for it. And I'm so grateful for your influence on my boys. Um, yeah. And we listened to that song and they were just, oh, let's listen to it again, you know, and let's, and I think my oldest, he called you straight after he was like, oh, it was so nice. Oh, I need to talk to Sarah now. And um, it was so kind of you. And I think the next day you wanted to call you again, but I said, no, I think you said, oh yeah, in the morning or something. I'm like, no, you know, you were almost an hour to her on the phone last oh. night. Just give it a break, boy. So um, Sarah, I'm thanking God that you are able to be married, that you have found joy in your sex life, that you are with a baby now. I think this is amazing. Uh, I know that the healing is going to be ongoing. And I was just wondering, in closing, would you maybe pray for anybody who has listened? Um, just whatever is on your heart, actually. Would you do that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course. <sighs> Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you so much right now. I thank you for this conversation. Um, and for everyone who's listening. And I thank you that just as you have been faithful to me every step of the way, and you have met me with your kindness and brought the right people around me, I just pray right now um, that you bless everyone listening who may be going through a similar situation or something completely unrelated, just pain, trauma. I just pray your healing. I pray your comfort. I pray that Holy Spirit, you would meet them um, and just sit with them. As mm. you said, let them experience that of you just sitting. Mm. Um, and I just pray a grace right now. And I speak freedom to you, whoever you are listening, that wherever you are in process, that it's okay. That's a good place. Um, and there is, there will be a new day in Jesus name. I thank you, God. I thank you that you are faithful and you are good. And God, I just also pray for anyone who's listening, um, out of interest and not going through something like that right now. I, I pray that you would give us all grace and help us mm -hmm. to, to just stand with each other. Um, when someone's going through a situation like this. Oh, man. Amen. People, if you have any more conversation need about any of this, please, please leave comments because that helps me to gauge if we covered everything. Um, guys, if you have listened to this as well and you have open questions and you would like to have some more conversation around this, maybe from a guy perspective, please let us know. And I will try to find somebody that would be appropriate to have this chat with. Sarah, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure everybody else appreciates it as well who has listened. Let us know in the comment section uh, what you wanted to um, still ask Sarah. If there is a need for follow-up, I will schedule that at some point in the future <laughs> with Sarah. Um, but please let us know what you thought. Mm -hmm. All right, I will finish this call here. Have a good night, Sarah, and have a good night, everyone who's listened. Bye-bye.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.